Hey guys, Brandon here. Uh, sorry about the audio on this episode. Uh, it comes off from my end very echoey. Jay came across just fine, but uh, my audio setup was not correct, and I didn't check that beforehand, so I'm pretty echoey and kind of sound kind of gross, so sorry about that. Um, but uh, I'll be fixing that for next time, and you won't be hearing it uh, that way anymore. So thanks, and enjoy the show. You have arrived at your destination. Hey, Jay. Hey. If you were a beast man, what would you turn into? A cicada. That's interesting. So that I, only I don't know what that would. I could only come out every seven years. Oh, okay. And you just hide away for the. <laughs> and when you come out, you just you just chitter annoyingly at everybody around you. Is that exactly? <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds. Like a terrible existence, honestly. Uh, the correct answer is a uh, corgi. So that is the correct answer. That's, that's a pretty this, good answer. Yeah, for this completely subjective question. Uh, but we're talking BNA this week on Animation Destination. Destination Podcast and Animation Celebration Podcast. I'm your host, resident cartridge junkie Brandon Jones. I'm here with Jay Rice. Hey guys. So, uh, Jay, you watched B and A on Netflix this week, or not this yeah. week? Uh, yeah, it uh, it debuted in, on American Netflix uh, earlier this month. I want to say it was like first week of July, maybe July fourth, somewhere around yeah, there. It was right around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, this is a studio trigger, um, or trigger studio, or just trigger. Um, uh, anime uh, is well known for doing uh, shows like Gurren Lagann, uh, Kill a Kill, Little Witch Academia, um, high-end animation, to say the least. And Promare, the most recent one. Prom- yes, Promare, the, their, their first animated film. So uh, released, uh, yeah, their first uh, film released in uh, in theaters. Uh they usually do original animation as well, which is cool. So it's not there's nothing based off a of manga anywhere. So it's all brand new stuff. Um, I typically like Studio Trigger whenever they come out with something, um, and I, I, I like to grade it like within all the Studio Trigger stuff because they pretty much have one of my favorite series of all time, which is Kill a Kill. So uh, which we have a very a very reasonable series to yes. love forever. Yes, I agree. Uh, and we've talked about that on this podcast before with uh, previous guests. Go listen to that episode, too. I think that was two... Yeah, that was the previous... That was a- Anime 2019. So go back and listen to the Kill a Kill episode uh, with Hunter and Matt Gaither. It was a good time. But uh, this week we're talking about another anime from Trigger, which is BNA. And uh, just how pretty this show is. It, pretty oh so gorgeous <laughs> it's very pretty oh man i can't wait to get into the art design of this thing because it's like it it exudes like everything of my aesthetic um 
yeah. So, uh, I... go ahead. I was really worried that it was going to be like similar. Now, I I knew from the trailers that it wasn't going to be, but I had a like a worry, a deep worry that it was going to be similar to like Zootopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that kind of aspect, but yeah. Just just from the trailers alone, I knew it wasn't going to, and it was they did their own thing, and it was gorgeous every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. There, there's definite similarities to draw from it for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they 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 they're both you know they both deal with animal people, anthropomorphized animals. They both deal with uh, racism and uh, you know prejudice things like that, um, and uh, both do it very well. So. Uh, I'd like to get into that. And I'd like to get where that allegory breaks down as well in certain areas. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I, have a, I have a few things to say about that, too. Yeah, but, you know, allegories don't have to be one-to-one. That's the point of allegory. So Exactly. Know, uh, that's the point of simile, because it's like it can it can be driven for pretty much any sort of idea. That's the point of it. So, um, But uh, let's uh, before we get into that, I'd like to get on to our animation recommendation which is something we both watched uh and that is addict so, yes um I'm so addict. <laughs> i'm addicted to this feeling sorry um so this is uh from the has been hotel studio from Viz- vivzy pop uh has been hotel was a short that was released uh last year was it um yeah I want to say it was, was last, it last year. year? Yeah. It was earlier this year. No, it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. I think so. I think it was last summer, actually. Yes, I believe it was last summer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Has Been Hotel is this um, uh, sh- cartoon show about demons in hell, uh, dealing with all of uh, the things that come from living in hell, uh, and a hotel that is there to help redeem demons and get them back to a point of redemption. So, um, and, uh, Google refers to it as a series, despite that there's only one episode. Yeah. There's only one episode of it specifically. So, who, sorry, almost sneezed. (laughs) Almost sneezed there. I gotta cut that out. Oh, so, uh, basically, um, What's interesting about it is um, uh, they, they started doing uh, other things with it. There was another spinoff series that I think also... The original pilot got like 37 million views. I think we just looked it up. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that gave recourse to keep working on stuff like this. They had another pilot they were working on um, that, uh, that was based around in the same um, uh, universe as them about a couple of imps that like basically murder for hire i guess um Pretty much, uh, yeah. yeah which that was interesting because it had uh, richard stephen horowitz they actually hired him on to do one of the uh, several of the voices on there uh who is invader zim uh mm-hmm. well known for that uh he's also daggett on angry angry beavers but nobody remembers that for some reason that's right he is <laughs> yeah he's Holy great cow. yeah he's great and billy from billy and mandy but everybody just remembers zim so yeah, Zim is such an iconic voice. I am so is Billy. I think Billy's iconic. Anyway, I, I think uh, Zim. Well, Zim's yeah. way more in your face than Billy. It's true, but Billy's fun. he was all he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool to hear Richard Stephen Horowitz on that. Uh, 
I would say that that was the lesser uh, episode of it. Um, so, but that's fine. Um, it had a little bit less heart, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I still, it was still fun. It was still fun to explore this world and see what else uh, you know happens in this uh, weird hellscape, and just to see the designs because that's like the main, that's the bread and butter for me is uh, seeing the designs from these uh, these things. So, um, uh, but yeah, cr- crazy stuff. Uh, it's really cool uh it is funny going back and like watching their uh their old videos and stuff from like november and it's like oh wow we hit seven million views on Hasbin hotel and it's like <laughs> it's cute <laughs> it's cute that you yeah, think that's, that's a lot nothing to what you have <laughs> <laughs> uh but they released a new music video uh based off of two of the characters from this series um angel dust and cherry bomb um cherry bomb being one of my favorites because just because of her design alone um and it's basically about being an addict in this you know in this world uh you know like being addicted to things to you know uh you know uh uh, distract yourself from the pain that you feel because you're in hell that's that's kind of what happens so yeah you gotta you gotta cope with it however you can and a lot of people use certain things that are Mm -hmm. not good yeah yeah so yeah and uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, adult and sexual content in this. So uh, if you you know not for Your children, is advised. yes, not for children. Graphic language, uh, you know, adult content. So don't uh, don't let your kids watch this sort of thing. Uh, but definitely but, watch this sort of thing because it's gorgeous and it's very well done. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, it, it, it's it's definitely done by a team of animators uh, that know what they're doing. Uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, the the songs a lot of fun too, um, but the way they sort of convey character from these two character from these two uh, just from this song and like what they've been going through and like throwing out little mysteries of things. Like I guess there might be some lore behind it that maybe you could explore like you know via profiles online or something. I don't know, uh, but you know like yeah, just. They kept having like one character like appear several times that we yeah. haven't seen before. That seemed so to be I'm really yeah. Yeah, that seemed to be related to one of the other ones. So it, it th- there was some like past there that we might get to see if uh, this ever gets put into an actual series or not. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, but after thirty seven million views, I feel like it should uh, absolutely be a series. But uh, it's pretty cool. So uh, but I enjoyed this video uh, a lot. Uh, it is very adult. It is. It was posted two days ago and already has four million views. So, um, the, I, because it's a song, I imagine this will probably lapse the actual Hasman Hotel for views uh, in probably shorter amount of time, uh, because people typically listen to the videos over and over and over again. So. Oh yeah. Well so, then. Frankly, I have already. So. Yeah, yeah, I've I've already listened to this thing like ten times anyway. So just to see all the little details and all the things that they've mixed in, so it's been <laughs> interesting to see. Ah, but that's our animation recommendation. Go type in "addict" or "addicted" on YouTube. It'll come up. It'll be like the first view thing because it's hot and trending right now. So uh, go check it out. It's a good time. Uh, before we get into our main event here, let's go through two news, shall we? Um, and the two news is that Indivisible, 
is getting an animated series. Which is great. Uh, couldn't believe that when I heard it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, so, Indivisible is an RPG uh, by Zero uh, Lab Zero Games. Uh, they were the guy, people behind uh, Skullgirls. Uh, mm-hmm. So, a lot of what they do is animation-based. This is sort of a JRPG, action RPG. Um, and not really J, because it's developed here in America. But still, uh, but it's not in that style. Sort of like the, um, the uh, uh, what are they called? Oh, that's going to drive me crazy. Um, uh, the Tales games, like uh, Tales of Symphonia, uh, stuff like that. So you have a party that's sort of like, uh, goes around. You can kind of direct your party what to do, but it sort of goes on autopilot a few way in a few ways. Uh, you can auto task certain people to do certain things. Um, but uh, it looks really cool. I've always wanted to play it. It uh, I think finally came out on the Switch. Um, uh, possibly. Yeah, but I, I I've been waiting for the Switch release because that's my console of choice, and I didn't kickstart the thing, so I didn't uh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get my uh, my PC release immediately or any of the other ones. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, a Switch release, I believe, is uh, gosh, it got pushed back to now. Let's see, release date. Okay, April twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So it is out. Cool. So okay, good. It is available on the Switch for purchase for thirty dollars. So uh, that's not bad, honestly. Not at all, and it's also available on every other platform. You can get on PS PS four, Xbox One, Steam. All that stuff. Uh, you can go to 505 Games to pick it up, and uh, or Steam and any of those. So, uh, yeah, it's so. A great game. Or it looks like a great game. It looks like a fun time. It's very, very well, highly animated. Uh, uh, to the point of the main topic, uh, the opening animation was done by Trigger, a Trigger Studio, uh, because they love doing open animation for people now. So, because they're so good at it, they are. They're very, very good at what they do. So guys, what we've we basically summed up is that it's cheap, it's on every console, and you should play it before mm-hmm. the series comes out. Mm-hmm. You have and no excuse. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I'm super excited about it. Um, so it will be uh, done by J, uh, JD Studios. Um, looks very interesting. Uh, I, I was shocked that it was happening So and that it's already this far along. It will be developed for Peacock. Um, so that is the, uh, that is, um, NBC's current streaming service right now. Uh, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was NBC. Yeah. Yeah. See, because the peacock, get it? Uh, that's, <laughs> their, that's their, that's their, uh, their symbol. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, peacock is, uh, NBC's new streaming service. Uh, if you have that streaming service, here's another reason to maybe get it. Uh, another reason is Cleopatra in space. Uh, as you know, I talked to Mike Mayhack uh, about that a couple weeks ago on this podcast, and that's a fun time as well. So go check that out. There's also a free version up right now with certain things up. You can go check it out right now. Peacock is out uh, for American viewers. So that sounds yeah, sounds like a good time. Uh, so uh, what else is there? Um, okay, so there's a new series, I think, coming to Netflix. Let's see. Uh, or Jetpack Distribution got the distribution rights for a global independent family kids show uh, called New Gen. So, uh, New Gen? New Gen. So, yeah. New Dash Gen. Um, 
not really sure what it's about. The art looks interesting. Um, the uh, the poster art for it, at least. Um, I'm going to post that in the chat for you there, uh, Jay, to look at. But uh, go check out uh, New Gen for everybody at home. Uh, but it will be starring uh, Finn Wolfhard, uh, Nick Wolfhard, his brother, I believe, Ooh. and uh, Ar- Anya Charlotra uh, from The Witcher, uh, Wonderlust, and uh, Sherwood. So, uh, that sounds really yeah. good. I love that cast already. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Uh, and it will be... Oh, it's been advertised in Marvel Comics, apparently. <laughs> Shows how much I read huh. Marvel Comics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, this looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm down with this. Uh, and I think it'll be very interesting. Looks like a little superhero show um, with some techie kind of uh, stuff to it. So, seems interesting. Old Finn Wolfhard's grown up from uh, yep. Stranger Th- from Stranger Things. So definitely want more from that kid. I love everything he does. Yep, it's a good time getting that Ghostbusters movie soon. As soon as that's right, I forgot. And Paul Rudd's yeah. in that one. Yeah, as soon as movies come out, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see that. So sound, sounds pretty good. Uh, but that's going to do it for our uh, news for today, Jay. We did it. We covered the news. And when we come back, yeah, when we come back from this ad break, we will talk about BNA. Hey guys, it's your resident cartoon junkie, Brandon Jones, here to tell you that the Animation Destination Podcast could not be possible without the generous sponsorship of the Destination Comic Book Store. Sporting a wide variety of Funko Pops, statues, toys, games, and other collectibles, the Destination is your one-stop shop for all things pop culture. If you're ever in the Kentuckiana area, stop by the Destination at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207 in the Best Buy Shopping Center behind these crafts. I've personally been shopping at the Destination for about three years now, and uh, it's the only comic shop that I really go to anymore. It's uh, got great lighting, great staff, it's very friendly. Um, you know, you've met the staff, pretty much the entire staff on this podcast at some point. But it's definitely the shop to go to if you're ever in the Louisville area. So once again, check them out at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207, just behind these crafts in the Best Buy Shopping Center. And thank you again to the Destination crew for sponsoring the Animation Destination Podcast. And we're back from that ad break. Jay, let's talk about... BNA, yes, uh, and it's super cool, eighties uh, uh, aesthetic. Um, just like, man, like what? What? What would you even call this? Like summertime eighties noir? Like I don't even know what to t- how to describe yeah, it. Kind of something like that. It, it's 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 got its own thing going at this point. Yeah, it has those. It has those bright pinks. Those that uh, that that teal, that pink and teal kind of combination color, um, which I absolutely adore. I think it's a. I think it's a great color combination. It just makes me feel Miami Vice or just that Miami uh, '80s kind of feel to it. Um, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And it kind of all right. So it has almost like a similar to what you said an 80s uh, noir feel but it has almost like a neo-punk feel too yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the intro really reminds me of a lot of um, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a it's got a Cowboy Bebop vibe. Let's talk about the intro actually, because <laughs> that that that's what turned me on to this show in the first place uh, months ago before I watched the Japanese version. Uh, trigger dropped the. They were saying, "Oh, we're, we had an original um, uh, Netflix show coming out for Netflix Japan." And I was like, "Oh, that sounds great." And it's like, here's the opening sequence. This was months ago. And they just dropped this opening sequence. And I was, and the, the premise didn't really interest me all that much. But the fact that it was Studio Trigger, I knew it was going to look gorgeous because that's just oh, how that works. That's just how that works. Uh, and then they dropped the Ready 2 trailer, with, uh, which is just the opening sequence. And my God, like, it's so good. <laughs> it's, so, it's gorgeous in every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Michiru, the main character, doesn't even show up until the last 10 seconds, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, they, they, it, it sort of sets more the mood of the city and everything around it. Um, mm-hmm. Shiro is more prominently featured than... Uh, than uh, Michiru is actually, um, but they do a really good job of like foreshadowing some of like what Michiru can Michiru can do um, mm-hmm. because she's not she's not just a raccoon girl she has other uh, aspects to her uh, as we'll get into. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I got I got immediately sucked in. I thought this looks great. I can't wait for it, um, and I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a great time. Uh, if anything, just because Michiru is like one of the best designed characters like I've ever seen. So absolutely, uh, like yeah. I, so I don't know how or when I even saw her design prior to the show, but right as soon as I saw it pop up on Netflix, I was like, wait, I've seen this before. Yeah, she looks freaking great. I want to <laughs> see more of this <laughs> immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, just, I like her design a lot. I think it's. Uh, it's I think it's simple, but it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cute. Uh, it it tells you a lot about the character. You can tell like immediately. Oh, she's a tomboy. You know, she's sporty. Uh, you know, a little bit spunky. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit mischievous because she's got the raccoon uh, vibe to her. Um, so yeah, I wanted to know more about this character and like what that journey was and all that jazz, like oh, immediately. What is she really? She's not a raccoon. She's a, uh... she's a tanuki actually, which oh, is, okay. yeah, yeah, which is a, and actually a... I want to, I want to go in on that too. Cause I, there's a, some cool lore about tanukis. Yes. Oh yeah. There's lots of lore about tanukis. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason they're in, uh, they're, uh, in, uh, Mario. <laughs> like, but, uh, Tanukis, uh, yeah, they are they're Japanese raccoons, um, and they have a lot of mythical kind of backgrounds to them, uh, especially and, alongside uh, Katsunes too. Yes, yes, and so they they play into both of those in a, in, a, in a way, which is cool, um, which I which I like. Um, so basically, the premise of this show uh, to get into it uh, is that there are beast men, uh, these people that uh, are anthropomorphized animals and they have human forms so but they're not beast stars no they're not beast stars um is beast there human men. forms in beast stars i've never watched no, beast stars. they're all animals and beast stars okay that's what i thought i didn't see any uh, human forms of it uh so they have human forms that they can revert to and everything 
uh, but beastmen have been a part of society in this world since the beginning. It's not like a, it's a, it's sort of a different world, um, you know, uh, rather than like, like, oh, like beastmen are new. It's like, they've always been there. So. Yeah, they've always they've always been around, and they've kind of just been hiding here and there. Like they have, right. they talk about the whole history of like humans' relationships with beastmen, mm-hmm. and how there's always been a bit of conflict. Right, and uh, certain things of mythology that we would that we would assume to be mythology, like werewolves, harpies, things like that, Tanuki, or like, like the ancient those... Egyptian. Yeah, th- that's just beastmen. That's all that is. That's just beastmen. Exactly. You know, it's like. So I uh, thought that was interesting, which sort of like harbored a little bit of the animosity that you see now between humans and beastmen, um, because, you know, they were sort of worshipped as gods in Egypt and stuff like that. So um, now that it's sort of just out there that there are beastmen and humans, uh, two separate things, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of animosity, a lot of uh, a lot of prejudice going on. Very very X-Men style mutant, you know, uh, persecution type stuff. Um, and, uh, there is this, uh, city that was built specifically to house beastmen called Anima city. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's where we first come on is, uh, is that we meet this Tanuki girl, Michiru, um, who's insists that she's a raccoon. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, this Tanuki girl who um, is trying to escape uh, a human city to go to uh, Anima City. And she's sort of being pursued by these thugs who kind of like, you know, they stake out areas where pe- where beastmen funnel into into Anima City to, you know, to attack them. Um, yeah. And uh, we learn through the course of uh, the first couple of episodes um, that, uh, and of course, spoilers for the series for everybody who's watching. If you haven't watched bna uh i suggest going to watch it now uh if you don't care about spoilers yes exactly if you don't care about spoilers that's fine uh but if you've watched it obviously you you know what's up so um go watch it now pause and then come back pause podcast Uh, come back listen and nerd out with us yeah it's only 12 episodes you can you can watch it on netflix if you got a netflix account it's it's right there so 12 episodes not hard english and yeah english and japanese dub so Go check it out. Um, but uh, now that you're back, now that those people are back, uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, uh, so basically, Michiru, you learn that she used to be a human uh, and was turned into a Tanuki girl, a beast man. Um, and uh, what you learn about that is that that's not possible um, no. because there's you're either born a beast man or you're born a human. You can't change your dna into being a beast man um not yet at least yes uh, but you know michiru insists like no i was human i've always been a human uh and uh and now i've changed this but then they're asking her to revert back to her human form and she can't she has no idea how because for beast men it's like you know natural to just be able to you know form into a human but because she's yeah now a beast man she doesn't have any control over like uh you know return reverting back into a human because it's like i, I don't i don't know it's something never... it's something you learn as a child whenever you're a beast man and then whenever you right. grow up it just becomes normal stuff but then right. she doesn't have that skill set so mm-hmm. she's kind of just a greek and doing her own thing at this point yeah yeah so she kind of gets taken into into this uh 
the society as uh, as a beast man and trying to figure out this mystery of like why she was turned into a beast man while all this other stuff is going on because uh, in the course of her coming over to uh, Anima City uh, she meets Shiro uh, Sh- Shiro Ogami um, yeah. who's basically like the the top cop protector vigilante Batman of he's Batman. City. he's Batman he's Wolfman he's, he's Wolfman yeah yeah, he's he's basically Batman of this city. He talks with the mayor all the time. Um, he has a rough, uh, gravelly voice. Yeah, he's got a rough, rough, gravelly voice. He's a he's a he's a real grim, dark kid, man. He's real edge lord. Um, but uh, he can turn into a wolf, um, which yeah, that that's that's what he is. But he's also like hyper powerful. Like you. You kind of get that feeling, like right off the bat, that's like, oh wow, he's like stronger than your average like beast man type of thing. Um, yeah, because just from the first episode alone, he's like, there's there was a big old festival, and then there was an mm-hmm. explosion. So mm-hmm. she like runs into him, and they end up like meeting somewhere in a dark alley where he has found the people who caused the explosion just by mm-hmm. sniffing them out. Yeah, Which apparently yeah. is a normal thing for most beastmen, but he can do it really well. Right, yeah. And he just curb stomps these three guys <laughs> with machine guns. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. And I freaking love the part where he, like, he's beat the other two guys down, and he's on the third one, and he's just bouncing him off the pavement. <laughs> right, yeah, just punched him over and over. Uh, but uh, we get... What's cool about Shiro is we get the other side of prejudice in it, and you know we have Shiro who is completely distrustful towards humans, like in every yeah. way, uh, completely distrustful. Doesn't he hates humans and wants all aspects of humans to outside, you know, out of Anima City because it's a it's a city for, for peace. And I think I think that's actually a cool dichotomy though, because yeah, like he has every reason to hate humans yep. because they screwed him over for. Mm-hmm. A long time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and humans are apparently just a bunch of jerks. Yeah, it is. well, I mean that, that's the thing. It's like uh, you know, well, he has the, well, he has the, you know, the perception of what's you know of, of what happened on that day, way back in the day uh, when he became who he was, um, and those perceptions change throughout the series as well because you know we. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a pretty decent message because it's always good to have both when you're when you're dealing with stories of prejudice and things like that. It's good to have, to show both sides. That's why Magneto is an interesting villain because oh, absolutely. He, he's you know he's the prejudice against humans as you know and and that that's the that's the the line that Xavier will not cross. It's why X Men works on a fundamental storytelling level. Um, uh, he he won't cross that line that Magneto has crossed over into. Um, exactly. So Michiru in that in that case is this character that's a human and a beast man. She's lived life as a human. Now she's living life as a beast man, so she can see the struggles of both. She can see the persp- the you know the perspective of both, and uh, sort of tear down Shiro's, you know, um, uh, walls a little bit because, you know, that's, uh, yeah. So it's a good dichotomy between the two. And I, I, I think it, I think it works. Uh, you know, it, it brings Shiro down a little bit into, you know, not being as, uh, prejudiced while also showcasing the troubles that Beastmen have being 
persecuted. Exactly. And yeah. it's good to have, uh, I, th I think this was the best way they could have both people uh, show both sides and kind of find the middle ground that and mm -hmm. that way it'll best uh, explain the situation to the audience. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, we don't have to break down everything, you know, platform for platform by oh, any stretch, no. but but uh, they do a good job of, uh, of, you know, they got a lot of good characters and everything, but one of the plot points is um, uh, Michiru's uh, friend, um, which, what is her name? I forget it already. <laughs> I'm being stupid. I hate uh, her new name, which is Desilu. Yeah, Desilu, but... which is a terrible name. Yeah, it, it is. But yeah. what's her uh, Nazana? Nazana is her Nazana. Friend. Yeah, Nazana is her best friend from high school, um, and um, um, she basically got. Well, they were both in a car accident at one point. We we, <laughs> we learned that, or they got hit by a car, something like that. Are you fucking Why kidding? does this keep going? Damn out? it! Is your connection not good? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's fine. No worries. Uh, we'll keep going. Uh, so Nazana, uh, uh, they, her and Michiru get into a, get into a car accident with each other, yeah. or t together, or they get hit by a car, something like that. Yeah. So um, she was in the Nazana was in the middle of the street, and Michiru uh, is being her normal self and trying to save her. She goes out of her way to try to save right. her, but they yeah. both still. That's right. That's right. Tracker. Um. And they both get hit. God damn it. <laughs> they both somehow end up in the accident. Yeah, they both somehow end up in the accident, and uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, after that, uh, uh, Nazuna just gets taken off the street, like straight kidnapped, like yep. off the street. Uh, Michiru witnesses this, um, and uh, you know, I, I does she report to the police ever? They don't really. No. <laughs> and okay, you know what throws me <laughs> off about that whole situation is she handled that. <laughs> surprisingly well if i saw my best friend yeah. get kidnapped off the street i would be panicking <laughs> right yeah yeah it well it's sort of like a they treat it like sort of like a like a traumatizingly shocking moment you know what i mean yeah like it's like she doesn't really like notice what's happening and then just suddenly it happens and then shortly after that she turns into a tanuki so you know uh so then she's got to deal with that which, which is a whole thing because she just stays inside yeah. and doesn't come out mm -hmm. after to deal with. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Because now all of a sudden she's a beast man. She can't like go to school or anything like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, um, so then she she takes off for Anima City afterwards, uh, and then we get to learn what happened with Nazuna, um, who uh, shows up as a Kitsune in Anima City later on. Um, so they're both human girls that uh, have somehow turned into, yeah, yeah. turned into beastmen. Uh, and as you said, what's interesting is that uh, uh, Michiru is a tanuki, uh, whereas Nazana is 
is a kitsune. Yeah. And they they have a long mythical history of like rivalries yes. where they mm-hmm. they're both they're both considered like tricksters. Although mm-hmm. uh, kitsunes transform uh, just magically, and tanukes uh, use their uh, certain uh, male bits yeah. to create things yeah. for themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's. It's changed into leaves a lot of the time because they oh, use leaves really? as well. I yeah, but it, yeah, to 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 kind of you know like a, a lot of the old stuff was just like kind of like it was like it's literally like comedy legend like oh they used their and and uh, and uh, they did that so but a lot of the stuff is like kind of gets changed into like the leaf so that's why in Mario three when you collect a leaf you turn into Raccoon Mario so ah, uh, I never got old, that. Yeah, it's a little Tanuki, uh, a little Tanuki reference there. Uh, they've not had Kitsune Mario yet, but That'd we'll see cool. if that ever happens. It would be I'd pretty like cool. That. Have like nine tails, would be awesome. Yeah. Um, if I had Cat Mario, why not Kitsune Mario? I don't yeah, know what he'd come do. On, guys, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing, Nintendo? I guess he'd hunt chickens. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, early on in the series, what we also learn as Michiru is uh, living with Shiro in this border house uh, with an adorable koala and uh, rooster couple. Oh, is she a koala? <laughs> I could never figure out yeah. like, what she was. Yeah, she's a little koala. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's I, that's one thing. Like, actually, can I get into that? The designs of the characters like and their animal forms is really cool and interesting. It, it um, is. Like, okay, I love the albatross form. That guy was yeah. freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, he looked like uh, yeah. He had the, he had his like slicked back hair. He looked like a pilot, uh, and then he turned into an albatross, and it was like, ah, oh, man, he was cool, man. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, just just like the designs of the of the characters. I thought Flip was awesome, big Flip shark cool. dude. Yeah, yeah. That, like for a, a boss, boss, that's clever. I like I like that they uh, had uh, the fish. Anyone who was a fish was connected to the yeah. mob. Yeah, yeah. That, it, it, it's literally just going back to that old line of sleeping with the fishes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, flip flips like this beluga whale, and he's got like big teeth. Uh, but you know, like the, their human forms like mimic kind of what their animal forms look like in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, and I think that's pretty cool. Like, like um, the, ro- the rooster's mustache turns into his. Uh... Yeah, his waddle, like his little. Uh, dangly bits whatever they call them out <laughs> <laughs> they call them uh, yeah i don't know now gizzards are like the, the little things that come in the thighs i don't know uh but uh but then yeah, you also have barbara rose who's the mayor of anima city and she's a mm-hmm. naked mole rat yeah yeah and she's um she's this she's like the really like really like distinguished looking woman she's mm-hmm. bald um you know has glasses i like the i like the mink girl she's cool yeah uh, minks need to be more popular too because they are adorable yeah, they are they're very cute they're like otters you yeah, know like but a, or wheels yeah they don't go in the water it's the only thing <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like yeah Mar- mary the mink is uh great 
Um, I actually like her human form better because she has the dreadlocks. It's like yeah, cool. she looks cute. I love her design. It's so yeah. I, yeah, I definitely like her human design more than the ant, more than the mink one. But I, I yeah. love her character all around. She's fun, and yeah. I want more episodes of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's also played by Reba Burr in the uh, the English dub, uh, and Reba Burr is one of my favorites. Uh, she she played um, uh, no known uh, in uh, Kill a Kill. Uh, she, she typically plays like my favorite characters in show in shows. So uh, she plays no known uh, Hakuzure uh, in Kill a Kill. She also played uh, uh, Neferpito in the Hunter Hunter uh, English adaptation. Oh shoot, she uh, did do. That. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was that, and I I love her as Minerva as Mer- as I keep I keep wanting to call her Minerva. <laughs> That's, that's the Animaniacs character, but it's not the same character. Uh, Mary, uh, she plays Mary. Uh, but yeah. And uh, again, like I, I watched both the Japanese and English version of this. I watched the Japanese back in the day. I watched the English version today, uh, or when it came out uh, earlier this month. And really good, really good, uh, solid uh, cast for it. Uh, uh, Sharami Lay. Uh, is uh, Michiru. Uh, she's best known, I would say, for as Lucy from Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Diskin plays Shiro, which is not something I would cast because he's typically not your dark, broody character. No, uh, but he pulled but it he off so well. Pulled it off very well, very, very, very well. Uh, Cindy Robinson as uh, Barbara Rose, uh, just and uh, Robbie Damon as uh, uh, Sylvasta. As Alan Salasta, I really love Robbie Damon. He's mm-hmm. he's been doing a lot of good work uh, recently. Uh, he uh, most recently for me, he was uh, Pariston um, in um, uh, uh, Hunter Hunter, uh, but also he played Jesse from Infinity Train season two. So, Shoot, so he was did. Jesse. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah so he was Jesse. I'm there. Yeah, Robbie Damon's a lot of fun. I like him a lot, and he does a really good. Uh, snide, sleazy, evil uh, corporation man mm-hmm. uh, in in Alan Silvasta, the um, the guy that's you know the the obvious villain through the whole thing. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. No matter no matter what that guy said or spun, yeah. yeah, like you just do yeah. not trust anything he says. Yeah. At, there was one point in the series though where I thought the enemy was going to be the mayor. Like, I thought they were going to pull the ultimate switch and, like, Sylvasta was going to be, like, actually trying to stop the mayor from doing something real bad. Like, there was, like, a part part that was like, oh, wait, the mayor knows about all this. There was something (laughs) in me that was like, what if they twisted the whole thing? They don't. They don't. (laughs) They don't twist it at all. They do do a good job of of sending you in a different direction at one point. uh, where Sylvasta basically explains how something is working and he sort of like sends you in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that only lasts for like an episode. So yeah, we don't really. Uh, isn't that whenever he's working with Nazana? Yeah. 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 He's working with Nazana and explaining what happened to her and Michiru and how that happened. And you can pretty much take the idea that like the accident is what caused them to become beastmen. Um, I even oh, guessed the re- yeah, I even guessed the reason why was because they probably had a blood transfusion of some type, and uh, and I I'm a bit surprised that that's never happened before. 
Yeah, considering <laughs> the, it's it's not a new thing that have that has like just recently yeah. come up. Like, you think there'd be right. some human experimentation going on? Where... <laughs> exactly. Now, granted, it was this um, basically like a blood mixture because they were trying to come up with a cure for this beast for this. Um, uh, this rampage version of beastmen that people can that, that beastmen can turn into if a if a beastman exhibits a certain amount of stress, which when I'm hearing this in the series, I'm thinking this is complete BS. Like this is like not real, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh, they're just doing exactly what Zootopia did. <laughs> like, yep. You know, <laughs> I was like, they're doing because I was like, oh, so like, they crank it up to eleven though. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, like, I thought they were doing that, but they aren't because this whole stress level turning into beast thing is 100% true. Like, it's it's like, I thought that they were manufacturing something that turned them into the beasts, just like how in Zootopia, they like, had the scent that like sent people off, you know, that sent off the predators or whatever. Um, so I thought, yeah. so I thought it was interesting that he actually wasn't lying at all. So like, yeah, that was um, that was a good little change of pace yeah. to it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like that uh, way more than just like, oh, right. they're, they're feeding them drugs. Yeah, I I did like. There's one point in the series. Um, so uh, they actually do the exact same thing to take down another villain and i thought that was kind of smart <laughs> like like uh this rhino dude like kind of goes like early on in the series this mm-hmm. rhino dude like kind of goes like super saiyan he goes all huge and big and everything um and he's just beating the crap out of shiro right like <laughs> yeah. beating living. this is where you get the feeling like that shiro is actually like oh he's like way stronger than normal like uh because he gets literally impaled by the the rhino's horn yeah. And like, and like falls down and like, oh crap! Like, oh Jesus Christ! And he just gets up <laughs> and shrugs <laughs> it off like it's nothing. Yeah, just shrugs off this gaping hole in his chest. Is <laughs> just like, uh, all right, I don't think a regular beast man can do that, can they? Probably um, not. Maybe yeah. if they're a lizard, but no. right, Although we don't you, see any lizards. No, no, I don't think. Man, was there a lizard? Oh, uh, Bichiru becomes one actually. She uh, she has she does, chameleon power. She does have chameleon power. She gets the, right. Yeah, she gets chameleon power, which we'll get into in a second. Um, I want to talk about how she develops into something like that. So, but what I thought was funny, they're fighting this rhino character, and Michiru like, uh, or they they end up like taking it to this warehouse so that yeah. uh, that uh, Shiro can just like fight it like like un unhindered, and that happens like in an episode, and then like. Two episodes later, a horse goes all berserk like that too, mm-hmm. and they just immediately do that exact same thing. They take him to a warehouse, yeah. dump him in it, so that Shiro can go off. And I was like, "Oh, that's smart! Like, just do that again." I thought that was funny. I was like, "Oh, they're just doing that again. That's pretty smart." And uh, you know, spoilers doesn't go exactly as planned that time either. But no. I just thought that was funny. I thought that was clever. Um, but let's get into Michiru's abilities, Michiru yeah. and Nazma, actually. Because not only are they, uh, not only do they get turned into beast man, beast men through this uh, beast man disease or just the blood transfusion, they think it's a disease. They, they yeah. keep saying beast man's disease or beast man-itis, I think they say. Yeah, they call a few it beast times. man-itis. Yeah, in the English dub. Um, but um, 
yeah so what we learn uh pretty quickly actually is that like michiru can actually like change her form like she starts like stretching her arms at one point to get out of a cage like you know it's like, and then during the baseball uh, episode yeah. she like gets all muscled uh, and she's doing anything it's yeah. a giant freaking huge claw hand like kipo like just like, yeah like, and just, oh like, that's that's freaking ball. great because i just want more anime <laughs> anime girls with big cat monsters <laughs> Right, yeah. So she has these giant freaking like monster paws, and uh, she uh, ends up growing wings at one point after she meets up with the albatross. Um, She's like, I wish I could fly. Later that episode, I'm flying. I got the wings. Yeah. Well, I did like that. Like, and when she like tries to carry the big rhino dude, she's like trying to carry him, and Shiro's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "That's." I gotta get him off off the street, and it's like you're not gonna do it with those wings. She's like, "Oh, you're right." And so she just concentrates and makes bigger Bigger wings. wings. (laughs) That's that's the exact solution she should. (laughs) That that's the solution. Just bigger wings, Uh, and they're able to fly them into this warehouse. Where and um, uh, but we also learn that uh, Nazana, who shows up in Beastman City, is the um, part of this cult called the uh uh something of the silver wolf i can't remember what, it, what, what, they, what they call themselves um but uh yeah it's a, but the silver wolf is the is the cult and uh they're they're basically worshiping this this beast man god called the silver wolf he had it was a way better name in the japanese version and i can't remember what it was now but it it literally meant silver wolf but yeah, i can't remember what it was i was wondering if they uh if they had a different name for him in the Japanese, because I feel like yeah. Silver Wolf just does not have the right flow to it. Yeah, um, but uh, it's it, it it was way cooler. Um, but um, uh, so she's part of this uh, this this um, this group of uh, or this group that like worships the Silver Wolf. It's a cult, and yeah, it's a cult, and they basically like brought her on to. Um, basic to to be this deity character for them this this um you know this cult of personality uh silver wolf for them because she's a kitsune and she can change her form so she can change into a giant silver wolf to like basically you know like bring you know bring uh, uh levity to, to beast yeah. men's lives yeah. yeah so hope and levity and things like that because that's what the 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 silver wolf is has always meant to them so she's already learned to be able to change her form and like grow wings and stuff like that stuff that michiru is just now learning how to do so um interesting stuff uh there's a creepy there's a creepy snake guy that's with her called boris yeah i was kind of hoping he was uh i was expecting a little bit more from boris because yeah they kept his identity like this big mystery like he's such a creep and whatever yeah and they ne- they never like took his mask off or anything no he's just some right. he's just some creepy snake guy who's obsessed with uh nazana <laughs> yeah uh which also has mythological connotations as well because the kitsune and the snake demon um uh orochimaru that's always been a thing so oh, i don't know that. um yeah which is the, the same thing in naruto is uh you know he's you know the nine-tailed fox is just a kitsune and yeah. uh orochimaru the the snake guy from Naruto is like uh, the snake dragon. So uh, there's a lot of 
yeah, there's they're they're always like intertwined in like mythology and stuff like that. So Katara was best friends with Naruto, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's right. Because he was a Tanuki. He was a Tanuki. Yep. Yeah. See, it all it all comes back to those old Japanese tales, man. Mythology, mythology breeds story. You know, Uh, breeds the best kind. So yeah, he, so he he's he he was. I, I agree with you. I, I, they sort of just kind of write him off, and he just kind of gets beaten up by Nasuna at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not a not a whole lot left to it. Um, uh, I did like the um, uh, Nasuna and Michiru, like how their relationship was strained by all of it, mm-hmm. um, everything that was going on. I thought that 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 felt genuine in a lot of ways because there was uh, there was real camaraderie between the two of them. Um, it was even though they're different. different. Well, yeah, because they, yeah. they, they, you could tell that they had different like outlooks on life and what they each wanted. Because yeah. Nazanin yeah. wants to be a star; she wants to be popular, and then like, Michiru yeah. just he, she wants to have fun and do whatever, and then help her. Yeah, she's, yeah she's sporty. Yeah, she's the sporty exactly. one. She wants to be. She wants to be. You know, she wants to play basketball. Like that's her dream is to play basketball, um, and. Um, uh, professionally, uh, which I have no idea what the aspirations for that are in Japan. I assume like that there is smaller leagues in Japan for, for that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but because baseball is such a bigger sport in Japan, I'm kind of shocked they didn't just have her start as a baseball star and then have her play the baseball thing. Uh, yeah, that would have been uh, fun. And I, I right. did, honestly, I love the baseball episode. I thought that was, a, it was a good break and it yeah. introduced Jackie, who is probably one of my new favorite characters <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Jackie's pretty great. Uh, named after Jackie Robinson, I think, obviously. That would make uh, sense, yeah. But uh, yeah, Jackie is, uh, but yeah, Beastman baseball is pretty great because it's like deadly. <laughs> you, can, you, you see, you can be running towards a base, and they'll throw knives at you to stop you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, but uh, just Michiru able to, and I did like that she joined a team called the Bears because raccoons are related to bears. So yeah. there's like a, there's a little connection there too. <laughs> I'm not uh, a bear, but you're a tanuki, and that's close yeah. enough. So and that's go. close enough. So let's do it. Jackie's just an idiot. <laughs> I love he's, it. a, it's, he's so stupid. <laughs> I know he's a, such a moron. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a, that, that, that's a fun episode. Um, but I liked how the, like the whole situation was getting strained because like Nazano like thought that you know like now she is an idol. She is the you know she's the idol that she wanted to be. Um, it's just in this weird little culty form, and Michiru can definitely like see the creepy aspect of this whole thing you know and she's trying to get her friend to realize it too um it it felt genuine because they have these moments of like you know like real fights like real like genuine disagreements about what's going on but they don't just completely cut each other off at any point like um they fight and then they like get out they take they take space from each other like real friends yeah Exactly, and then like eventually, like she'll show back up, and like she doesn't just like, you know, chew her away. It's kind of like okay, like you know, they they, they do a great job of like how real friends would behave. I believe exactly. in that situation, yeah. you know, because it's like you wouldn't just cut somebody off after one argument. <laughs> it's like no. didn't make any sense. Uh, and even Michiru, well, especially Sorry, with how Michiru like feels about 
what the what the cult is doing and their whole right. situation with everything going mm-hmm. on. They're like, okay, right. Probably best to try to stay in touch as much as possible right. and understand <laughs> like what's actually going on. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, because like Nazuna kind of does bring up a good point when they're having that first argument. It's just like you're always just like jumping in to you know to 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 help without even knowing what's going on or whether anybody wants your help. You know. So you know maybe think about that before you you know, try to jump in thinking that you're, you know, uh, right all the time. Uh, so I thought that was cool because like that let her kind of like, you know, take a step back and like, think about what was going on, even though she was right, hundred percent right. Uh, but yeah, so like to take a step back and think about something because, you know, she's, but she did highlight, you know, it was like Shiro is just that guy who's like, doesn't trust humans. He rushes in and blames humans for you know any situation and then Mitchell is kind of doing the same thing in that it's like you don't know any of these people you don't know anything and for in Mitchell's defense uh Nazuna you got kidnapped off the streets by these people so I, I don't know why you trust them honestly exactly so. like what is going on like maybe brainwashed but seriously well, I don't well, know they how did do- I don't know how you get kidnapped and think, huh, this is a great opportunity yeah. to become a celebrity. Right, yeah. It's just like, what? <laughs> um, but uh, didn't Sylvasta, like, at some point Sylvasta explained things to her, but that was that was after she'd already been indoctrinated into the cult, right? Like, am I being uh, stupid? No, no, no. Uh, he, like, yeah. made it a whole plan to her. To, that, yeah. Because Boris, like, yeah. introduced her to Sylvasta, and he was like, okay, I want you yeah. to be their idol, and that's right. You can okay, go and so do yeah. this. that's right. Okay, so Savasta did explain to her uh, what she, what she was supposed to be, and I guess that's yeah. where she her rose colored eyes thought I can be this you know this idol to these people that will actually help them in a way because you know like this will help them you know not become bring them together. Yeah, it'll help them not become monsters and become beasts, because that's what happens when beastmen get stressed out. Um, Although, okay, so one big thing, one big issue I have with that, though, (laughs) is in the finale, when she Mm -hmm. is, like, doing her little concert thing, and she is all for, like, revealing she's not the silver wolf this whole time that'll bring people together that's not gonna stress anyone out yeah i that was weird to me too yeah it's just like because it's just like oh by the way at the performance like you should totally reveal that you're not that person that you're not that it's like they could have explained that better like in a way of like like you need to say it like this or like you know like or like you don't need a god to help you. Like there's power inside of you. Blah blah blah. Something exactly to like you know convince her to be able to say this because it's very obvious that if you say, "Hey, I'm not that deity you think I am," <laughs> that's gonna piss people off. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why you anyone that. hates more than being told that you've been wrong. You've been yeah. fooled this whole time. Don't be stressed <laughs> about it. Right. Uh, so much so that when Michiru simply says that to her, like, hey, don't reveal it. It's probably not a good idea. She's like, all right, I guess I won't. <laughs> like, I guess I won't. <laughs> like, probably, you're probably right on this. I should probably trust you since you've been my friend this whole time. 
yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it, that, that's a minor thing I could I could uh, complain about for that's, sure. That's uh, a few, but, like few issues. I love this whole yeah, show. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and where this breaks down from the full allegory for anything, like which is why, again, like why I think it's a simile, why it works very well. Um, what breaks this down from like a full allegory, the same as Utopia, is uh, typically when you when you have this uh, this this um, uh, prejudice towards race or anything like that, or or sexual orientation or things like that. Um, there's no real like reason behind those things, you know. It's like yeah. people of different pig, you know, skin color, pigment, things like that. It's not. It doesn't. It's not a thing, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't no. matter. Like no, th- those are simply aesthetic things. Like uh, exactly. there's no physical differences. Between. But in Zootopia, uh, there's a real danger. <laughs> reason to be afraid of the thing that's ten feet taller than me and has claws and teeth that can tear me apart. <laughs> and same thing with this. I feel like if I was a human, I'd be legitimately, uh, reasonably scared. Of the idea of a lion man staring staring me in the face. Oh, absolutely! Like, and like, like this, what is it? The second episode, she goes to try to get her social in and everything, and the brawl yeah. starts out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's it's perfectly legal and fine for that to happen. Too. Yeah. It's, it's like this is like that's how this works. Like these two guys have to beat each other up, and then they get to go to the front of the line. So, by the way, you better start challenging some people. You'll never get to the front. I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, oh. that's that is not how we're going to do things. <laughs> so that's when it gets into the allegorical terms. You can't, you can't look at allegorical things as a one-to-one. You know? okay. it's no, a, not at it, all. It, it's, it's a mere viewpoint into the ideas of not, to be, of not being prejudiced and what so, prejudice can do to people. The yeah. whole concept is well done. It's fun. Mm. It has a good yeah. message. Yeah. Don't compare it literally. That's just going to ruin it. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're also, oh, uh, I guess black people are just savages. That turn... Yeah, it's like, no, that's not what they're saying. The story that's being told is about these things and, uh, and, and where perceptions lie in our prejudices. Because even Shiro gets turned around in this because you know he's the whole time he's been distrustful of humans but here's this uh human girl that's been turned into a beast beast man and when he learns that she actually was a human he even kind of like you know like kind of sneers at that a mm-hmm. little bit because he's like sent but then he kind of realizes through working with her and everything as uh, as sidekicks do you know uh working with her it's like okay you you understand what it's like to be a beast man so i don't have exactly. to I, I don't have to hate you and it's like you're one of the good ones is almost his you know viewpoint in that and way then, but then you uh, also have the whole then, fact of the human that he hated the whole time mm-hmm. was actually was a beast man the whole time yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was this other beast man the whole time, um, and oh, we didn't even we didn't even mention the fact that you know since Shiro didn't die, he's actually the Silver Wolf. Like he's the yes. real Silver yes. Wolf. Yeah, the real Silver Wolf. Yeah, Sh- Shiro Ogami is the actual Sil- Silver Wolf uh, from from ancient times, from a thousand years ago. He's a thousand years old. Um, but uh, yeah, and so Alan Savasta is actually another enemy that happened from that. So that the main enemy of all of this is a beast man, which sort of echoes the whole um, Zootopia thing with like the sheep being the mastermind behind all of it instead of the lion. So, you know, exactly. it's uh, 
it's uh, you know one of the one of the prey characters being more of the more the villain instead of a predator, stuff like that. So good little twist there at the end. But that's but that's the other thing is yeah, and and also Shiro's perception of what happened on that day a thousand years ago, yes. uh, because from his perception was that humans betrayed the beastmen like back a thousand years ago. Um, humans and beastmen got along. Um, and, uh, then eventually the humans just betrayed them, slaughtered them, uh, you know, killed hundreds of thousands of beastmen on that day. And Shiro walking through the blood of his brethren and everything, uh, was imbued with the power of the silver wolf and became the, the protector of, uh, the protector of all beastmen and, and killed all the humans, right? All the humans that were part of that battle right there. Um, you know, that was his perception of it. Uh, but then Alan explains to him, it's like, what actually happened is that living in close quarters with all these beat, you know, beastmen living in close quarters that doesn't mix well, they, they start to stress out. And the more they stress, you know, they become, you know, these raging beasts, uh, you know, we're, we're not meant to be, you know, this, uh, this, in this close quarters. So, you know, um, when, when they rage out like that, they start killing each other and it's like and he even explains to Shiro's like how how did how did humans destroy that many beastmen back then exactly they, there was you no know? feasible way yeah. for that to have occurred because beastmen had the yeah. upper hand yeah. in every category like flying yeah. weapons yeah. whatever yeah because it was a thousand years ago you didn't have it's like you didn't have muskets back then like what how could humans have slaughtered that many beastmen it doesn't make any sense exactly. so you know kind of it's like what happened was that the beastmen killed each other and then humans in fear started killing the ones that survived because they just witnessed an entire you know war happen between them so his whole perception of that like happened like uh you know that 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 all went wrong then but then we learned that Sylvester is also this Cerberus beast god yeah. uh, who, who just hates beast men and wants them all to die apparently or something I don't know so um, I forgot yeah, what his motivation was not a he everyone else is not a pure blood like him mm. so they're inferior yeah oh that's right yeah they're all that's right he wants them all to die because there's no pure bloods that's but, right okay so the biggest issue I have with that is yeah there are like no purebloods, so he would be the only beast man out there. <laughs> I mean, he's and him again, and I guess he's aligning himself with humans at this point. But yeah, yeah. well, I don't, think, I don't think so. I think he's just like this is the best way to get rid of the beastmen. Then I can handle the humans. He seems very Aryan in that regard. You know what I mean? Like well, he's, he's blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Exactly. So I think that's a. I think that's an actual like you know, full representation of it because he's just like, I don't, like, none of you are purebred. I think he'd be fine if they were all dead. <laughs> you know, it's like... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's so... Completely reasonable, you know. Yeah, right? Yeah, per perfectly reasonable for an, <laughs> for the Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, it's like... So... Yeah, so uh, it, it, it was cool to see all that kind of, you know, uh, come together and you get to you get to have a big, you know... You get to have a big monster, evil bad guy, and uh, all that stuff. I thought the end felt a little bit rushed in a it, few ways. It did because they yeah. I, they seem to solve the whole everyone going stressed like a yeah. little too easily. And yeah, I, I understand why why they did it that way. It was it was a matter of time, right. and like they there's no like right. easy method to it, solve all these. 
I would have liked I would have liked it if Shiro's howl did something earlier in the series. Yes, I, that, that, that some foreshadowing would have was really yeah that that Michiru like noticed like she noticed that like his howl would like ease people or like somebody was like freaking out or something and they heard Shiro's howl because they basically like within one episode he howls out of grief and then it starts to cure the beast man or the uh the the transformation of like the the rage beasts and stuff so it was was, was very quick or even have it like in a in the background like so she's Michiro is being attacked by someone and then um, right she, they hear uh, his howl coming from somewhere else in the city. Right, yeah. And just, just something subtle like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just something. Some, something that would have uh, that would have signaled it, foreshadowed it a little bit down the line. I think that would have been fine. Or, you know, they fought two of the beasts prior. So, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. Maybe, maybe he howls at some point. But then I guess they'd have the solution, like, right there. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe something a little less, a uh, little less over the head would be better. Uh, still, uh, still, I thought it was a good series. I thought it was good. Um, uh, it, 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 it made everybody got everybody had a role at the end, which worked. Um, I, I like the flip, uh, flip and um, flip and uh, uh, Shiro started working together, which is a, which is a classic trigger studio kind of thing. The the one of the villains early on becoming an ally uh yeah. later later in it that's always a thing that happens in trigger i do like um, the uh the like later in the series whenever they're like are at the end of the series when they're fighting all the robots off like flip mm-hmm. teams up with the detective and the detective's like yeah. where the heck did you get all these guns these are illegal <laughs> you don't need to be fighting me now let's just use it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly and it's like why worry about it now <laughs> exactly good time good time I liked it. Um, yeah, that's they, they and some really good episodes uh, sprinkled in, just like smaller, smaller ideas like the baseball episodes. Good. Um, the episode with Nina, Nina Flip is really is a lot of fun. Yeah, that, was, that was some good yeah. world building too. Yeah, I didn't understand like what happened at that party at all because they so the humans don't have any concept of what it's like to be a beastman. So when she got tired, they thought, oh, you know, she's part dolphin. She needs seawater, so let's put her in there. Although dolphins are not, they're mammals. So they completely misunderstood animal biology also. (laughs) But it's extremely easy to tell when someone's banging on the side of a tank that they're drowning, right? Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I don't understand that (laughs) And and they're just like, look at it. Like maybe they were high. I don't know, because it was a party. Yeah, like, because she she seemed kind of like out of it, like the main girl who like, you know, like, because like the main girl wasn't like being hateful towards her at all. She was being stupid and ignorant. But like, she just kind of like stared at her as she like banged on the side of the team. Like, (laughs) like, like, guys, like she's clearly in distress. (laughs) Yeah, it's like she's clearly in distress. Oh, man. Uh, It's a good time good time it, it was a really I, good time i i can't yeah. wait to rewatch the series yeah it's good and also nina's just like her design is adorable like it's so cute like she's so totally like a little influencer girl just from looking yeah. at her yeah yeah and then her dolphin form is really cute and mer- mermaid-esque like oh man i love it i love it so yeah 
Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a great series, man. I love the aesthetic of this series. Um, and uh, to close out, I would love to talk about Night Running, which is the song at the end of every episode. Oh, it's uh, so it's so good. And that wonderful style of animation that comes along with it. Uh, that no line, no hard line, color type of anime. It's so beautiful. Like, were I to learn a form of animation, that would be the form that I would use. Oh, just for everything. Yeah, like, it's just so good. I, I first, first of all, I love that look of, like, no line coloring, mm-hmm. uh, where everything is just, you know... Uh, um, tint and and change in color and that's the only way you can discern the shapes uh there's no line uh flowing through anything but what's really cool is like you hear this song on the first episode second episode you hear these uh all the way through them and then that song becomes a plot point because it's one of michiru and uh nazana's favorite songs yeah uh that they both listen to together and like uh i just thought that was really cool that that was like that it became like a plot point and uh i thought that yeah and also that it it came at the end when like to help calm people down a little bit or something like she to perform something uh she had to perform that song so Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was interesting too it's a great way to bring the series like because they they together enjoy that song so it's through being together that the series yeah. ends they they yeah. come together and to solve everything yeah yeah it's it's, it's, very the, well done. it's so beautiful the, the tanuki and the and the kitsune solve everything um the tricksters as they are uh, mm-hmm. but yeah i i dig this series i think it's i think it's a lot of fun it's a great short form i love that's what i love about studio trigger is they put out these short form anime these short series you don't have to get it's not a deep dive into anything you know you just get you know these these nice little runs you can have them and then they're 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 gone you don't need a sequel series for everything uh, trust me i would love to see more uh kill a kill but i but love that it ended it. Yeah, yeah i love i love that it ended so yeah you know, but honestly okay so that's the biggest thing i have about anime is so much of it i'm not calling anyone out but so much there are so many anime out there that just keep going and going and i yeah. love endings i do some mm-hmm. of my favorites all of my favorite series have endings to them yeah like yeah. avatar kill a kill uh, mm-hmm. uh Fullmet Alchemist all mm-hmm. have good endings to them. Yeah. Not Soul Eater, but that's yeah. a different story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really wish Soul Eater would get a Brotherhood uh, adaptation where they follow the manga. That's Ooh, what I'd like to good. see. I would love to see that. Yeah. So um yeah, because they just had to belt out that ending when they didn't have one because the manga was wasn't finished. Uh but yeah, man, like uh I Ah, man, it, it's just I, I like the I like Studio Trigger for what they do. They just do these series, they put them out. Um, you know, there's some that they're that are ongoing. They have seasons, like Little Witch Academia, that had seasons. You know, yeah. uh, I think there's another season coming out of that soon. So I don't think they wrapped it up in season two. I thought they wrapped um, it up. Oh, they might have wrapped it up. I, I apologize. Uh, they might have wrapped it up. I I don't think I've seen the last like four episodes, so I probably need to watch that. It's it's uh, good. It's yeah, gonna happen. It's cathartic. 
yeah, yeah, it's a, they, they, they do a good job of wrapping things up, but they, they, they never go over 24 episodes. That's the most they usually get. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's just good, good bites of, of story. Like I don't ever need to see a sequel epi- a series of BNA, like mm-hmm. everything made sense. I liked it. I can consume that and I can, you know, see fan art of Michiru, uh, forever. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. Cause just the whole style is beautiful as yeah. it is. So. One of the best designs I think I've ever seen. I absolutely love how Michiro looks. It, it, there's, there's just the color palette. It's, it's like as recognizable as like Mario or Homer Simpson. Like the way she's colored is like perfect. Like if I, if I just saw like a block of colors like in the pattern, like I would be able to recognize that's Michiru. Like absolutely. Like immediately, like it's like uh, you know, there's actually an experiment that does that that like lets lets you look at a character as a just a rectangle with the mm-hmm. colors in a line, and if you can tell who it is, then that's iconic in a, in a way, you know, like that's yeah. that's that can be perceived as iconic, um, and I, I, I 100% uh, see that with her, just the the blue, the black, the red, the brown, it all just it has a good flows. Yeah, yeah, it all just flows so well, and just the shape, the shapes that she is, she's she's very round and non-threatening, uh, you know, uh, sporty and, and bubbly. You know, it, it just works with a little with a little sharp end on her hair. It's a little little, <laughs> little antenna to let her let, little lapis little lapis flow. Yeah, to let let you know that she's uh, you know she's got a little bit a little bit a little bit of point to her. So uh, it's a good time, man. I, I love this show. Uh, and uh, it was good to watch it. What did you think of mm-hmm. it overall? You liked it. You liked oh, it. everything. I loved everything yeah. about it. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It's it, the animation is beautiful. I I can't get enough of Studio Trigger. Like yeah, they, they just keep making more of everything. Yeah, the energy and, they put into things is just stunning. Like the yeah. the way they the way they warp shapes, uh, you know, to to emphasize motion and things like that. Like there's just nothing better. Like. So exactly. It. it has it has the almost. Uh, I I don't want to compare it to like classic cartoons, but the way they do stretch their characters oh. and, and and like random oh. items yeah. just feels so rubber hose. And yeah. it, they do it so well. I, like it feels like a new thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, no, they they definitely take uh, inspiration from, especially in Kill a Kill. Uh, mm-hmm. You can notice you can notice it all day. They take inspiration from Looney Tunes esque and and Bosco type cartoons, with the rubber hose type animation. Uh, you know they they know what they're doing. Like there there's a whole Looney Tunes episode of Kill a Kill, the No Tardies Day. Like that's that's literally yeah. a Looney Tunes episode. It so, totally is, but it's so you know? it's so well done. Too. It, it's my favorite episode of the whole series. I know that's silly, <laughs> but but it really is because showing that episode to people like lets you understand what this show is really about like mm-hmm. it's like this is that show it's just this so wacky zany, crazy yeah just it, and they don't do it so much in uh they really don't do it so much in dna but they do like just enough to let you know that not everything is super serious like yeah they can yeah. still have wacky like the whole baseball episode was just yeah. one wacky little <laughs> universe of its own <laughs> right yeah exactly you had all these crazy teams that showed up you had the flamingo girls and the wolves and the, <laughs> yeah just like all these crazy animal like, i love the uh, killer teams. animals 
yeah, the killer animals that like just <laughs> would murder people. You know, it's like it, I, I I love that stuff. So th- that was a lot of fun to watch them. You know, play games against it. You know, you'd have these situations where like you know they're played off for comedy in a lot of ways. Like like Michiru gets kidnapped like a lot in this series, like a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and yet you know uh, a lot of some of the times it's like played off for comedy like at one point she gets nabbed by a mobster because she approached Nina and like she she wakes up like you know, <laughs> she, but then like Nina realizes that uh, you know she's from the human world so she like starts freaking out and like you know and she's like tied to a chair like what what is going on like I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah it's it's a good time so it's just it's wacky fantastic. good fun so Love this show. It's a good time. Everybody should go check it out. It's on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out and listened to this podcast, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? But that's okay because you can still go and experience it and watch it because that's that's uh, a treat all on its own is to actually see it and see these characters and see the animation. It's uh, it's all it's all a different part of it. So it, there you go. It. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but that's going to do it, guys. Uh, Jay, thank you very much for being on. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll have you back on again. Uh, Infinity Train Season 3 is going to happen. Yes. So I'll, get you, I'll get you in London on for that one for sure. Give me um, more. Right. Yeah, we'll get to see the Apexes. We'll see what the Apex does. So that'll be interesting to watch. So... Uh, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for being with us. You can check us out at animationdestination.com, destinationcomics.com slash DNN. You can also check us out on Facebook at Animation Destination and on Twitter at AnimationPod. That's it for this week. We're going to be back next week, so stay tuned.